This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And today we are joined again by our buddies from the Lost World Minute, uh, David and Brad. Guys, thank you again for, for coming back and doing another show with us. Yeah, our pleasure, guys. Thanks for having us. No problem. As we discussed yesterday, you guys have started the Lost World Minute, and uh, you guys are up to, I think, uh, minute number five, and uh, we can expect uh, the next, I guess, couple of minutes to drop pretty soon here, because uh, you're going to be recording after this as well, correct? Yeah, we're not uh, we're not steaming through it as quick as uh, a lot of other minute-by-minute minute podcasts are, so just savoring the moment and uh, releasing two episodes a week, so... Um, you know, uh, I think there's a lot to that because our friends over at the Fifth Element are doing, I think, like three episodes. And I can tell you from doing the daily show format that it's definitely uh, it, it has its toll, I think, uh, <laughs> that uh, when, when you when you're doing it day by day, eventually it's kind of like, uh, you know, it, it it's 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 a lot of content to, to, to put on a daily uh, a daily basis. So it was really yeah, because cool I'm listening to the. I'm listening to the Mad Max minute and the uh, Back to the Future minute, and it seems like I'm getting a notification every day that there's a new episode coming out, and it's it just um, oh, yeah. you've got to try and yeah, it's just juggling them all. And um, I just thought, yeah, yep. do about two a week. Um, we can bump it up to three a week, maybe. But it's sort of it's it's handy if you're sort of sitting in the table across from each other recording. Like we're me and David are on two separate sides of the country, or the world. So yeah, uh, getting times to line up and all that. Yeah. So. Let's see. We're, it's um, the the only thing that's more time consuming than producing three of these things at once is listening to like twelve of them at once. Yeah, <laughs> there's too many good uh, movies by minute podcast shows out there. So I'm really glad somebody's you know taken up uh, the Jurassic Park franchise because as we said yesterday with Ghostbusters, uh, we didn't really plan on going into Ghostbusters two, and we didn't really plan on going into uh, the Lost World. So I was going to be really disappointed if the Jurassic Park film franchise wasn't being continued in the movies by minutes format. So I'm really glad that you guys have uh, picked, picked it up and run with it. And I'm loving what I'm hearing so far. Yeah. I'd love to go on to Jurassic Park free afterwards because I am a defender of that movie, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'd continue after that. Um, I'm sure there's someone that liked Jurassic world a lot more that uh, could do that one, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, uh, on minute number one Oh nine here, you guys want to go ahead and uh, jump into this? Let's do it. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Tim and Lex hide in the kitchen as two velociraptors cornered them. As the minute ended, Grant asked Ellie if the third raptor was contained inside of the utility shed. At minute number 109, Ellie tells Grant that it is contained, unless they figured out how to open doors. At minute 109.04, we cut to a shot of the kitchen door handle. Slowly, it starts to move. After a few attempts, the door opens and we can see a velociraptor claw push it. The raptor then pushes the door open with its snout. The raptor walks into the kitchen. Lex asks Tim what it is. Tim responds that it is a velociraptor. Lex tells Tim that it's inside. At 109.38, we see the velociraptor standing in the doorway. The raptor lets out a few short barks, calling to its companion. A second velociraptor appears. The first raptor snips at its neck. Lex turns around to see them both inside of the kitchen. And thus ends minute number 109 of Jurassic Park. So again, we have a lot more of the tension-filled minute here, you know, really optimizing on the fact that Tim and Lex are there by themselves with two super predators here in the room with them. And, uh, you know, it starts off here 
with uh, the, the, the previous minute ended with Grant cocking a shotgun and asking Ellie if it was just the two Raptors that the third one was contained back in the utility shed. And Ellie has this fun little antidote where she says, uh, yeah, unless they can open doors. And we immediately cut to a Velociraptor opening a door. So it uh, it seems to be well within their ability uh, as, you know, we've heard that these are probably the most intelligent of all the dinosaurs, you know, the, the, the biggest brains, problem-solving skills and whatnot. And at this point in the movie, it's been established that they do have problem-solving skills, that they were continuously attacking the electrified fence, checking for weaknesses until we see that they got out earlier in the minute. So the ability for them to open doors is something that within the given universe here, we can expect that, you know, the velociraptors are this intelligent. So, uh, it starts off with a very, very tense, uh, you know, door handle opening and then the velociraptor pushing the door open yeah. with its heads. This, I, I had, I had thought that, you know, okay. So something that we've gone over a lot is that this movie will, there'll be a piece of dialogue poses a question and then it's answered by cutting to, the next yeah. shot. Yeah, uh, that was one not, of my notes. Yeah, it's you used to get like, you know, where did the vehicle stop? We cut to the cars out by the goat. You know, why would he turn the other ones off? We see Nidri's hands pushing the gates open. This is similar, kind of similar in the sense it's like, she's not necessarily asking a question, but, you know, unless they figure out how to open doors, we cut to the door mm-hmm. handle. And we get something that happens here that also happens in Jurassic Park 3 that always stands out to me. The music that kicks in right as we cut to that door handle, which is this sort of choral music, is so unnerving. And there's a moment in uh, Jurassic Park 3 where they have the raptor kind of... They, they, he's like hanging onto the back of a door and they've kind of turned it into a corner. And then they lock the door and they're like, gotcha. And he just looks up, slowly looks up at the opening over the door and he's going to be able to go out through that. And they use very similar music, this kind of choral moment where the raptor's, you know, using his head and figuring out how I'm going to get through this door. So it's a strange callback, really neat callback. And uh, it's yeah. done through this just incredibly unnerving music. Yeah, and it's sort of bringing back something from the novels. Um, the raptors could climb quite well uh, with their claws. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, but it, like as you are saying, with those uh, earlier scenes, it's just good the way Spielberg does it. The question's asked, and there's no, there's no dialogue, there's no more... Um, telling they're going to show you exactly they're going to answer it in the next scene um. yeah exactly okay so this is uh strangely enough in a movie that's you know we've been hearing about raptors the mysterious raptors the whole time and we have yet to see them in a really good light uh whenever he stands up and calls for the other is you know whenever we get a f- full like glimpse of it but whenever we really see these things and all their majesty and they really come just right in full frame is whenever the other raptor joins him in the doorway and they do something really neat with the uh, sound design here. The call of the raptor gets like louder as he gets closer to us in the frame, and it uh, just makes it that much more intense. We, something that we went over the other day was the, some of the sound design that they used for the raptors was a dolphin and then a tortoise mating. <laughs> so I don't know which of those you're hearing right there. but I believe the tortoise mating was the uh, bark that they used. That's awesome. It's effective. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one thing about this movie, and I had Lost World as well. Um, you can see you can sing high praises of the animatronics uh, versus the CG, but just the um, the sound the sounds they made for the animals um, oh, it yeah. just it just knocks everything out of the park. It's, this is yeah. also the uh, the last time we see Malcolm and Hammond together. Um, we do That's get true. one yeah. shot later on with uh, Hammond on the phone, but we never see Malcolm in that shot. And somewhere along those lines, or somewhere along that scene, they. Uh, they need to make the decision to go and get a jeep and just drive to the visitor center on their own. We don't yeah. know why. We don't see any of it. It's just all of a sudden they appear at the end to pick the survivors up. Yeah, good timing. Yeah. 
So let me ask you, Brad, first, uh, what was your first experience with Jurassic Park? I was 10 years old when it came out. I don't recall, well, I didn't see it in the theaters. Um, father got it, rented the video soon after when it came out, and we played that thing to death. Um, I think we ended up purchasing off the video company after we destroyed it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until the Lost World where I got to see one of these films in uh, the cinemas finally, and uh, the love's grown from there. I had some of the toys. I had the juvenile Rex that I carried around with me everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, loved the franchise ever since. Awesome, David. What about you? Uh, I didn't grow up with it as much. I but it was pretty much always there for me. My aunt was a big Jurassic Park fan. She had both books and uh, the first movie on VHS, so I was introduced to that when I was three years old in 1996. And then I saw, not in theaters, but on VHS, The Lost World a, uh, the next the year after that, 1997, when that eventually came out onto, onto VHS home release. But no, my, my big theatrical debut to Jurassic Park was the third one, actually. Yeah, it's interesting with the novels. Like we got Audacity, oh, Audacity, Audible have got a um, full abridged or unabridged recording of Jurassic Park out there online now that I've got. But they've never done it with the Lost World. There's a shortened one that's about three and a half hours long. It sort of misses a lot of the key key scenes. Um, there's a Spanish one out there that's the full length, but unless you can uh, <laughs> understand Spanish, it's not much good to you. But yeah, I just thought with the success of Jurassic World, I'd go back and re-released the lost world on uh, an unabridged recording but it's not it hasn't happened yet that's a shame yeah yeah that's that, that's surprising you think you know like right now this uh, franchise is at a pretty it, it's it's as popular i think as as it was maybe when it was released you know with jurassic world making as much money as it did and it seems like jurassic world 2 there's a lot of interest in it that they would kind of try to revisit that uh you know magic that was the original novel which completely holds up it's uh, as good now as, I, I think as it was when it was released mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, it, it is funny that they haven't done that um, I just want to talk real quick about the uh, raptor and I got disconnected here for a minute so I apologize if you guys covered this while I was away but uh, the raptors here are a combination of CG and uh, suits that were built by Stan Winston Studios and uh, these two raptors are actually uh, John Rosengrant and uh, Crash McCrary and they're really brilliant uh, how they're put together. Uh, there's a Stan Winston Studios, uh, st- excuse me, st- the Stan Winston Studios School has a YouTube channel where you can go and watch all of their uh, their footage of how they put these suits together. And uh, it's it's really quite clever uh, how they designed it out of foam originally, and they just kind of evolved it from there. And it looked like the the original foam suit looked fantastic. Uh, it moved really well. They kind of had a fully realized idea of what they wanted it to look like. Stan Winston comes back and says, yeah, this is pretty good, but we can make it better, and designs a neck that makes it more bird-like. So when it's moving, it's the neck is actually bobbing like you would see a chicken or something like that when it walks, and you can really see the evolution of that. But uh, the finalized version of those suits, which are made out of a lot of rubber uh, and had like Joe Rosengrant in it, uh, are fantastic. They look as good, I think, as the CG does. But what they've done in the scene to make it to make it really work is the the head and the tail and the back of the suit are more believable. So when they're shooting the guy in the suit, it's uh, o- over the counter, so you don't actually see the feet moving along. You just see the head moving back and forth and the tail whipping around. Uh, so it's uh, a combination of the two, which I think works really, really well. You know, for those close-up shots, sometimes you awesome. get uh, you know the 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 actual head on the suit bobbing around, and then the 
further away shots or of, of the uh, CG dinosaurs. So really great melding of the two worlds there that I think works really well. And if you want to see that footage, yeah, uh, it really it's uh, called Jurassic Park Evolution of a Raptor Suit. Uh, and you can find that on the Stan Winston Studios School's uh, YouTube channel. So really cool stuff there. So yeah and it's just it's just good to see like the evolution of the suit um all the way up to jurassic park free where again it's the same uh, suits used or remade suits and the the seamless between that and the cg there is pretty good too yeah you know it's funny and the, the cg in jurassic world i think is is fantastic you know seeing the, the the velociraptors go around there that are you know probably just guys in gray suits with tracking marks on them but uh there is something i mean i i, I think this, the cg in the movie is really impressive but there is something about the physical suit you get here that it there's a weight to it you know that you can feel and uh when you're watching it on screen and uh you know it's i think there, there's still a lot of um a good to come out of those actual physical suits but uh you know, what one thing we don't want to be on this on this show, we've tried not to be the kind of like uh, CGI naysayers. There's definitely a time and a place for CG, uh, but I think that the, the the combination between the two here uh, in this in this scene is when it works the best. Yeah, yeah, we're talking at the moment with uh, on the Lost World Minute about uh, the compies on the beach and how how having the rod puppet there with Kathy is sort of mm. a lot better than just having several CG creatures running around. She's got nothing to look at. Um, Right. Just helping helping the actor out. Exactly. You can tell when an actor is dealing with something and they're, they're able to play off of the actual physical thing, that it's a little bit easier to imagine that as opposed to, you know, um, I think I heard in the movie Sphere, uh, the which is another Michael Crichton movie, uh, that the Samuel L. Jackson on set was reacting to what he thought was a silver sphere in the movie. And then the final version, it was like a gold sphere with kind of some stuff moving around. Yeah. And he was like the whole time he was like, well, I would have I would have made different faces had I known it was going to be gold. <laughs> but uh, it is it is it is great for them to have something on set that they can actually look at. So. Yeah. And you're going to get to it in a future minute when there are vacating the control room same thing just having that physical puppet chasing them into the air ducts is just i know i'd be that was one of the moments that uh, scared me as a child and uh yeah it definitely definitely has the weight to it and it still holds up it still looks great so i can't remember is this the minute where the raptor taps its toe i believe it is uh, right I- I think that's in an upcoming minute, but it's it that uh, because I think this I think that's after that's right before I think the soup ladle thing happens, where the soup ladle falls off and, and signifies to both the dinosaurs because they're still kind of looking at it. But that moment is very visceral. There's something about the dinosaur tapping its toe as if it's uh, almost frustrated in the fact that it hasn't eaten these two children yet. You know that uh, it's definitely um, it's funny, but it also kind of like really kind of brings them into the real world in the scene as well. So it's try uh, try to scare them out of hiding. We're yeah, exactly. Noise. Yeah, it's 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 a very little thing, but it's very memorable. You know, that kind of like it's almost a sadistic in a way that the dinosaurs doing that. So, all right, well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back on the show today. We really appreciated you having you here. And uh, just again for anybody that maybe missed yesterday's show, where is the best place for them to find out more about Lost World Minute? Uh, all the links to interact with us at thelostworldminute.com. Awesome, and it's a great show. Thank you guys for doing that, uh, and thank you for coming on today. It's it's been a real joy having you here. Uh, lovely enjoyed it immensely thanks welcome to the movies by minutes world guys happy to have you all here (laughs) a richer community for having you it's it's definitely Definitely. a movie that needs to be covered in a a format like that i think there's a lot to gain out of lost world so thank you so much for for embarking on that so yep go check out moviesbyminutes.com and uh there's a lot there to listen to there is yeah yeah it's a great community so 
All right, well, we are going to go ahead and get out of here. David and Brad, thank you again so much for joining us, uh, not just on the show, but joining us in the Movies by Minute community. It's, it's a richer world for having you here. And uh, for David, for Brad, for Brady and myself, Kyle, until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Pele Media, and follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Pele Media. Yeah.